Hi, this is Deshaun with Doors Open Connect Podcast. This is my co-host, Rick Haas. Thank you for listening. We hope you have some water on hand because this episode may be a hard pill to swallow. We're here to show you how to dance in the rain. So let's get into the meat and potatoes, as I like to say. Rick, we did a thing this past weekend. Tell our listens, uh, listeners how we brought some life to local businesses and virtual open houses. Yes, we teamed up with our local restaurants and businesses like Sarah Brand of Marzuka Real Estate, Lauren Maxwell of the Maxwell Team, Anthony Vesecchia. Vesecchia, it's, it's a hard name to say. Um, of Body Crafters, Inc. Uh, Pat Eschi. Eschi of Nutrition Elite. Look, my last name is hard too. It's Haas. It's H A A S. It's a hard name to say and look at. Um, but I'm not an English teacher, I'm a math guy. So um, We got Josh Marzuko from Zookies Sports Bar and Grill. We have Slicer's Hoagies. We have uh, Matt and Seth Berman of Noodles. Uh, Italian Cafe, which has been a local staple in, in our um, Naples economy for a while. Fernandez the Bull, Boat Campers, BurgerFi, Ducks Donuts, and Jimmy P's, who all helped us sponsor and spruce up virtual open houses. Deshaun, tell them how we did that. Yeah, well, combined, we gave away over $275 worth of gift cards between our two virtual open house scavenger hunts, and it worked. Um, we've uh, since had over four, uh, 500 views. I'm sure that's grown since we uh, put this together. Four shares and over 100 comments. So how does, the, how does the virtual open house scavenger hunt work? How do people participate? So basically, we wanted to bring viewers in on the virtual open houses. Uh, if you just say, you know, virtual open houses is not the same as an actual open house. Let me, let me be honest with you, Deshaun. If I put up a 45 minutes to an hour virtual open house, me walking around a house, are you going to watch it the whole time? Uh, mo most likely not. And so what I was trying to figure out was, hey, how do we make this entertaining? Um, and then I s started thinking about some of the things I caught myself doing, which was uh, l looking at Instagram lives and, and you know, what's in the house. Uh, Bob Menery does that. Um, you know, some of the other uh, influencers on the gram do that. They give away money, um, the all-in challenges and stuff like that. So we, we were like, hey, how do we bring attention to the virtual open house so it's a lot so it's fun but we you keep also people get engaged to keep people engaged exactly um, that's the entire goal there so uh, it worked out well um, we were already getting calls to to help other agents out um, I have one of my own that I need to do uh, and then you're gonna be doing one uh, this upcoming weekend as well right yeah and so as as we walk around the open house we have an agent and a DOC host explaining the house talking about the house but also when you see a maybe a, a bed where there's pillows or something like that, you can take a guess and say, I think there's a gift card under the pillows. And then you guess that, we go and check it out for you, all live through Facebook video. And if there happens to be a gift card under that pillow, guess what, you win the gift card. So it's, it's a way of giving back to people, um, especially restaurants and businesses in our community, uh, to help people out. Because guess what, we're going through a tough time. Everybody's going through a tough time. This coronavirus is not just affecting one person individually it's affecting all of us so we thought of maybe doing a scavenger hunt through a virtual open house where people can participate uh, via Facebook live and win gift cards of local businesses a we're supporting local businesses that's what it's all about and B we're helping people through tough times uh, a $25 $50 gift cer certificate right now if you don't have a job is everything it exactly. could be everything it could be you eating for the whole next week right so um, that's where we're at with the virtual open houses. It's, it's a fun thing, and we have some more planned up that we're going to be doing. Absolutely. So stay tuned. Uh, tune in um, to that. And uh, hey, Rick, are you ready to get personal, dark, and deep in this podcast? We're gonna we're gonna get dark on this one. This ain't for the weak-hearted. 
It's uh, for spirit individuals, entrepreneurs, risk takers, and those who may have been there and experienced hard times, especially for those who are now being asked to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. All right, so having said that, let's dive in and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Today with us, we have two very important pillars of our community, not only marketing gurus, they uh, help keep us energized, motivated, and inspired with their positive energy. Um, however, we know there's more, much more to the story um, than, the, than the success. We'd like to welcome today with us Giovanni Mattia uh, with Moore Lending Group and Vinny Sabatino with Gershman Mortgage. Both are here to help us drop knowledge and welcome gentlemen. Thank you guys. Um, first, big shout out to both of you. You're doing a great job uh, promoting Doors Open Connect um, and even greater what you're doing for the community and giving some positivity out there, creativity. Um, that's what made me seek you guys out. You know, I stopped by and saw Ricky a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I'd love to be on a podcast. I'd love to help. Um, there's a lot of unconscious stress out there for everyone, even, even people that are doing well. You know, there's unconscious stress out there and you know, we've all have our personal stories that have been struggles that have brought us to where we are today. So I wanted to uh, be part of this this podcast to share that and, and let let everyone know it's okay to feel crummy. It's okay to be down on yourself. It's okay to be scared. Um, it's just not okay to stay there. And you know, as I was telling you earlier, as I was talking to my wife about this, she goes, "It's it's really cool and something you need to bring to light is there's four men here." And men are the last, like, we don't, some of us don't like to ask for directions, you know, so it's, um, I do, I have no shame in that, but it's important. And I'll share later on how I, reaching out to other people for help has really helped me come along. So, and it doesn't have to be men or women, but most like, you know, men are less likely to ask for help and we should all ask, ask for help um, when, it, when it comes to being in a situation that you're, you're, you're struggling. Thank you, Gio. Benny, what? And then Ricky? And Deshaun, thank you very much for having me on here. I'm very honored, I'm humbled, and I'm very grateful for what you guys are doing for our community. Um, and I wanna challenge your listeners to something today. I wanna challenge them to really pay attention to what's gonna be spoken here today. I want them also to, I wanna challenge them to listen to it twice. Um, you get more out of the second time around. This podcast is gonna be shining light on the dark side, if you will. So I challenge your listeners and I challenge anybody that uh, has the capability of sharing this podcast to share it with their local branches if they're a real estate agent or anything like that. So again, appreciate you both. Gio, it's always great to be in the same room as you. Likewise, buddy. And I'm excited to see what we can, uh, what we can drum up, yeah, boys. This will, this will be very interesting to say the least. And what we wanted to do here is um, in the beginning it was – okay, this is happening, okay, this is really happening, uh, what's going on with the mortgages? And then it was, um, well, what do we tell our buyers? What do we tell our sellers? And then, uh, you know, again, back to what's going on with the rates. When is this all gonna be over with? And then now people, you know, people have been locked away for a long time um, and they, there was a lot of positivity. There was a lot of uh, workout videos and people got really creative. Um, and that was great, it was inspiring. Um, it, it those videos really help let's be honest those videos really help people that are already motivated and inspired as it is we're, we're we want to drum up a podcast where it's about the people that can't figure out how to get up off the couch people can't figure out how to get up and get restarted rebrand themselves um in life so we wanted to dig deep with this podcast be personal to all y'all that let you know that it's okay we've been there too we've been to ground zero 
it's okay to be at ground zero. You learn a lot at ground zero. You learn how to rebuild yourself, how to become better. And our stories of success don't come from just being successful all the time. We've been at a low, and now we picked ourselves up to a high, and we want to relate to you guys um, and let you know it's okay. We're here, and we've done it. We've been there, and you can too. We're all human. We're made of the same thing. So exactly, exactly what Rick and, and Gio and Vinny were saying, which is um, uh, basically we, we really want to dive into this thing. Um, and it, it's okay to be down, but you need to be able to pick yourself back up. And we've actually been through this, uh, and we all have um, individual stories here uh, of you know despair and things where we were down on our luck and we had some, some very negative things happen to us. Um, but we, we got out of that. Uh, and there might be some folks out there now that are just experiencing this maybe for the first time. Um, and having said that, those folks don't know, they, they don't have any guidance. They see a lot of the positive information out there, which is great, positivity is great. But, um, you know, when it, when it rains, it, it builds character. And when you come out of the other side, uh, then the positivity starts to kind of creep in. And it's, what you, it's how you handle yourself and, and build yourself back up um, once you've fallen down. And, and as Gio said with the four men in a room, how we help each other out, especially as a community, but and it's okay to ask for help. Um, and we communicate with with others when we have a you know a struggle on our on our minds. Um, so, so Deshaun, let's let's dive into this. Tell us about your story, where you came from, the tough times, and how you got to where you're at. Let's 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 dig into it. And we're gonna start. I'm gonna pick on you. We're gonna start with you first. <laughs> All right, and we can you guys feel free to interject and and you know I will. You know, let's bounce <laughs> let's bounce off ideas. Um, but you know I. When I was younger, I was even from Holly, Michigan, a little town called Holly, Michigan. I, I knew that that wasn't for me. I knew I needed there was something better. Now, when I was younger, I almost died several times because of I, I'm a severe asthmatic. So if anybody, um, you know, has a comment about um, respiratory issues and being among, amongst this COVID-19, well, I, I've been able to, to change things, quite dramatically um, from moving from Michigan down here and and basically kind of self-medicating. Now, I'm not a doctor and I don't recommend that, um, but I learned my body on my own. But I also learned that, hey, uh, I'm an observant person. I look at my surroundings. What do I want to do? Where do I see myself being? Um, and, and how can I progress from there? And so I took the leap, and you know I was kind of a knucklehead when I was younger, and and got into some trouble. Like, Brother, we all are knuckleheads when we're younger. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm still alive, to be quite honest with you. And I I, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, I thought when I first moved down here, I was going to get into real estate, but I never thought I was smart enough to do it. To be mm -hmm. honest with you, I thought I was going to fail the test, and I actually moved in with an individual, good friend of mine, still to this day, who I always thought was better with his money and a smarter person than me. And uh, I remember he. He started at VIP, it's not in business anymore, but I want to say it was VIP uh, real estate school or something like that on Vanderbilt Beach Road. And uh, he got halfway through it and quit. And so that basically told me that I wasn't smart enough to do this. Um, and I ended up uh, getting into you know hospitality, which I kind of brought that down with me. I worked at a park up north um, as the Department of Natural Resources. Uh, I wanted to get in a career of law enforcement and that, um, it didn't progress because somebody at the park was my boss was doing something illegal and nobody knew anything about it uh, and they did an audit of the park and they ended up firing all the employees um, and didn't bring us back and that was disheartening to me because it was like well you know that was my first experience like I loved something I believed in something I thought I was going to become a ranger then I thought I was going to become a, a, 
an officer, um, a sheriff uh, for the Oakland uh, Police Department, Sheriff's Department, um, and then I thought I was going to become um, a DNR uh, conservation officer. Um, and that was my, that's what I had in my head. I loved it. I loved the whole thing. And I was supposed to get the promotion that following month, and all this stuff took place. And so that was my first letdown with a job. Um, and from there, again, I came down to, to Florida, and I said I needed to get the heck out of, out of Michigan. It's too cold. My asthma's too bad. And, and, and you know, I fell in love with this place. Um, but fast forward, I got into hospitality and, uh, and then in management. But it sucked me down to the bone. I was not at all um, happy with this. And Vinny, actually. Well, I, funny story. I was just about to interject. Yeah. Uh, funny story. Deshaun and I met at a restaurant. I was bartending at, and he was serving at it. And that was, I would say, my goodness, 12, 12 years ago. No. If you would have told me 12 years ago that you and I would be sitting at a table doing a podcast together, I would have said you are insane. No way. Absolutely not a pro not, right. not possible. And, and, and I absolutely brought my ignorance down with me, right? So, <laughs> for, you know, to be honest, you know, I don't want to, not to get in, to dive into too much, but in Michigan it was, the, you know, I'm, I'm half white, I'm half black, I guess you would say. Um, and so it was always a racial issue up there. Uh, on the black side, I was considered white. On the white side, I was considered black. Um, and, uh, and, and coming down here with the diversity of Hispanic community, and, and I, I got to blend in. I, I didn't feel like I was fighting for one thing or the other, and people just saw me for, for who I was. And uh, that was a, that was a, a big challenge. But uh, again, when people were trying to impress upon me with uh, um, Spanish, I was like, well, I don't need to learn that. I'm you know, English. But I had some real ignorance in me uh, when I was younger. Um, and, but I progressed. We ended up uh, getting out of that. And, and to, you know, we, we'd served. Uh, I went to, we did the Riverwalk. We did, well, I did Ruby Tuesdays was the first place. And then, oh, man, Ruby's off the chain. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> Coastal and Center Mall. Yeah, we did, we did Ruby Tuesdays. Then we went to, to the Riverwalk. And then from the Riverwalk, we went to La Playa. I, I, I was a server in the Baleen restaurant. Um, Still, obviously, one of the best restaurants for Naples Sunsets. Uh, am amazing. You can't, you can't beat that. I'm going tomorrow night. By the way, yeah, please do. Uh, that place Vinny's is, always a romantic. Yeah. Stop it. You're not supposed <laughs> to tell people that. I got to see some beautiful things working there. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and, and when I fast forward, I became an agent, um, then a supervisor, then a front um, assistant front office manager, or fr um, basically a manager on duty. Um, but I used to go up on the, the 15th floor, and I could see the sunset uh, on the roof. I would go on the roof and watch the sunset by myself. And then um, that was amazing. It was, it was a great learning experience. However, it's still, um, it still, I ended up loathing it at the very end. Not that because hospitality is a bad thing or, or um, you know, La Playa is beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, but it... My father ended up passing away. Um, you know, I lost somebody who was very significant to me, uh, meant a lot. Um, and he actually was working for General Motors, and he had two years to retire with full, uh, full pension, and he had a heart attack, and he ended up um, uh, getting retired on disability because he ended up going deaf because some of the medicine they gave him, his kidneys failed. And then to the other medicine to reverse that, was known like 50 50 percent chance to give get people to go deaf and that's exactly what happened but to me that was again we got fired from uh 
you know, Department of Natural Resources. Um, we, you know, my, my father was over 30 years in General Motors, and this is how they repaid him. Um, you know, I didn't like seeing that. And then I had a really good friend, uh, Jenny Markowski, and I like to bring this up often because Jenny, you know, she was, a, she was an oddball. In the very beginning, she was, you know, she was kind of weird the first couple years that I was there and was like, wow, she had this bright character. She had this orange, um, this neon bright hair. Everything was orange. She had these big bifocals. Then she had an orange car. Um, I know her. Jenny Markowski. I know her. Yeah. Always rocking orange. And she had been in the it's catering. A warm color. Yeah. It is a warm color. Every, 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 it's bold. It's bold when you have everything orange. That's bold. But she was vibrant, you know. And then we we uh, we be, uh, became we had good became good friends. And at the at the front desk, she would see me every morning to schedule her catering appointments because she was in sales and catering, and she'd been there for over twenty something years. And she's like, you know, each year she was like, I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, I'm going to retire in three years, and then it was like I'm going to retire in four year, uh, two years. Um, I'm going to get to travel the world. I'm going to get to do this with my son. I'm, a, you know, I've been in this career for so long, and then in, in one year I'm going to retire. Finally, um, she retired, and uh, and I'm like Jenny, you finally retired. We had you know she had a, a big celebration, um, and that week she found out she had cancer. She ended up fighting cancer for the rest of the year. Um, and she didn't get to do any of the things that uh, she sought out to do, um, and that she was waiting for some other company to give her, and for some kind of longevity, you do something that you don't like to do for so long. Um, I'm sure there was great moments in there, uh, but you do something for so long, and then all of a sudden, um, you're expected a repayment, and then the, the, the world says no, you know, and then you finally, can do these things and, and no, you, you, I mean, she fought and, uh, you know, unfortunately it cost her life, but she didn't get it. For me, it was like she didn't exactly get a chance to live like so many are, are taught in the industry age, right? And then uh, you fast forward and, and I got another, another boss of mine. He actually offered um, three promotions um, from Lulu's Bait Shack when I managed over there in Fort Lauderdale Beach. And it was gifted to me pretty much. He basically said to Sean, when I wanted to quit and actually try to get back into real estate, he said, uh, "Are you sure this is what you want to do? You, you know, nobody knows us like like I do, uh, like you do. Um, this is yours, you know. And and LTP's uh, a franchise, but it's owned by um, Hooters of Southwest Florida. And then there's uh, the Royal Pig and Pub, Lulu's Bait Shack, Adobe Gila's in Orlando was was a part of it. Uh, and so I actually had a chance to do that. And it was like, no, 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 no." I, I want to get into real estate. I want to do me. I don't want to rely on anybody else or any other company. Um, it, it's time to take my entrepreneurship leap. Uh, and fast forward, I left. And uh, same thing. He finally was waiting for retirement, waiting for retirement. He'd been in hospitality business for so long. And unfortunately for him, he didn't. I mean, he had, he had people from the restaurant businesses that loved him, servers and whatnot. But he was by himself in the very end, which is something I've always feared. Um, and he ended up finding out when he retired that he had cancer. Uh, and again, he had all these goals and things that he wanted to do, going golfing and doing whatever, and, and uh, he literally uh, passed away not even a year later. So um, for me, it's always been about, uh, you know, I would rather, you know, fall on my own sword. I'd rather go out my way, do it my way, Frank Sinatra. Not wait on anybody else. Um, what, what's in my control is is up to me. I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to learn and figure these things out. And so we got into real estate. I got with an investor, um, 
and, and, and here we are. Now there's been a lot of hardship in between all of those scenarios. Uh, I was practically homeless at one point um, due to circumstances, especially when I first took that job at Lulu's Baycheck. Actually before that, when I left La Playa, um, same thing, I was living on a couch. And uh, what was your what was your mindset at that point when you knew in your heart and your mind that I'm homeless right now? I got nothing. What was your mindset? Where were you going from there? The thing for me is I've always tried to be a, as genuine as, as, of a person as possible. And if I can pick somebody up, I will. Um, I've had the, the fortunate pleasure of meeting some of the best people um, I feel like on the planet. Uh, I, I can there's a handful of them that I would consider not even, they're not friends, they're brothers or sisters. And it's all through, I feel like, being genuine. And those particular times, though, of course, they were very down, trod hardened times because there's nothing worse than not knowing where you're going and, and not feeling anything. Um, and, and being scared, you know, because, you, you know, I thought La Playa was, I thought in hospitality, I thought I was going to move my way up the chain. I thought I was going to be traveling the world. I thought I was going to be giving back to, you know, hospitality business. And in the end, it, it, it was, you know, it, that one is kind of um, not a mom and pop shop, but it's, it, you know, they're big. Uh, Noble House is a, is a big brand, but it, it was very, there was only a few places I could go um, and, and to move up with that, with that brand. And so when I left there, um, if, well, first, uh, I left there going th thinking I was going to move to Miami with the Brickell World Center. Uh, and I was like, well, this is where I want to be. You, you have all these condos there that you, you're like, man, I don't even have to leave this place. You've got a grocery store. You've got three pools. You've got a fitness center. You've got parties and this and that. And I was like, man, I really want to get into that. Well, guess what? I don't speak Spanish. I went over there, and I did it halfway. <laughs> Um, spent all my money. I ended up coming back, and that's how I ended up living on this couch um, for, shoot, a year or so after that. Um, and then I was brought back to La Playa, uh, and then that's when my, my, my father ended up passing away. Uh, I lost a relationship that was important to me also at the same time, and I just felt empty. I felt like there was no purpose. There was no meaning. Um, I felt like I wasn't doing anything, and and so in the end, uh, they ended up letting me go. Um, and, be, and, and my boss at the time said, hey, look, I would have fought a lot harder for you, but I just I can tell your heart is not in this. And it really wasn't. I, I really was just done with dealing with the people. Um, can I ask you a quick question? How yeah. old were you when your father passed away? I want to say I was, I'm, 30, I'm 35 now, so that had to be 20... 27, 28. 27, 28. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that. Not many people know this story about me. My father passed away when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And when he passed, you know, when you're growing up with your father and he was always there and he was always at your baseball games, always cheering you on, right, and always kind of bribing you with Skittles to hit a home run or something. Well, he passed when I was 16, and I always remember this one thought, and maybe you can probably relate to this, um, you know, or maybe not because you were a little bit older than I was, but – he always said, oh, when you get older, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> when you get older, oh, that, you don't understand that right now, but when you get older, I'll explain that to you. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for myself, 16 years old was not old enough to learn all those things that he was telling me about. So I feel like I missed out on that. So I understand that you've lost a father. I understand that I lost a father. But you have to understand as well, you had a lot more years of teaching from him right. and learning from him and, 
and one and idolizing him. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it is a bad thing, but you were very fortunate compared relative to other individuals. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and, and I, that was a blessing, but don't forget, I did leave the state. Sure. Um, and he tried to convince me otherwise. He would say things like, Oh, the, the hurricanes down there are so bad. They're going to blow your house away. Oh, it's going to blow well, alligators. That might be true. <laughs> he, he, he literally would tell me they're going to blow snakes and pythons and alligators on your roof. And, he you wasn't know. telling lies. And, and my, my father hated snakes. Um, and he really, you know, he really, uh, so, and I also dove myself into my work. So I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't there, um, you know, again, with hospitality and management, you're there like. 70 hours 24 7 yeah it's it every time i thought i was leaving i would get one day off maybe oh i can relate and, to that and i would get well, I, the day off i got well i'd get an email from my boss saying i don't affiliate myself with a staff that does this and does that and blah 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 and you guys get your act together and this and that and um i know he was pushing us he was pushing us to be better actually i'm a better person because of this gentleman uh with these two well several people um that have influenced my life over the years and that was one of the greatest experiences however I, I didn't get it, and I, don't forget my father was deaf, so I couldn't, um, it, it just wasn't the same. So we ended up, uh, he could read lips, um, and we would do the, you know, I don't know if it was FaceTime then, uh, I don't remember what we, we communicated on, but I know we did video and stuff like that. Um, but it, 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 you know, that, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't the same, and he, he really was my hero, um, and my, for me, my inspiration for doing things, and it just meant a lot when when he went away, and of course, as you can attest, that losing anybody is is a is a, a sad thing. And but guess what it was? Yep, cancer. Yeah, huh. go figure. Same thing. Yeah, he had a stage four intestinal cancer. Deshaun, if you who who was your father? If you describe him, who's your father? Well, and uh, who was he to you? That's a better question. Who who was your father to you? To me, he again. He he was my hero. Now, um, was was there disappointing times in in our past? Yes, um, actually, I mean, I, I can even, you know, I'll go in and say this. I mean, he he tried to commit suicide, um, and I walked in on him uh, after he had taken a bunch of sleeping pills, and this was because of some allegations and some things that kind of popped up in my hometown, and uh, and that was a and that led to court, and it led to a whole nother can of worms. Um, and it was, but again, he he was my hero. He he worked hard. Uh, he would work doubles. He'd work doubles on Christmas to get overtime. When I was in the hospital with bronchitis and pneumonia, as I said, I had severe asthma, and I'd be in the hospital twice, or three times a year, almost pass away multiple times. And um, he would work these doubles, and he would come in, and he would stay with me all night in the hospital. Um, you know, he'd give me Snickers and and whatnot, but he would be there for me. Um, why, why, did you, why was he your hero? And what is your biggest lesson you learned from your dad? I, get, I don't want to say he was a, he was a man's man. Um, he, but he, he took me, he took, he, he took us fishing, he took us hunting, he, he shared stories with us. We would have this tradition where we would go to Seven Lake State Park before I became um, a park employee there that kind of spru, uh, uh, spurred things up there where I wanted to, to work at the park and the Department of Natural Resources. He would take us fishing, um, and we'd get snack cakes at the local um, <laughs> at the local party store. And these guys were Arab guy, uh, Arab, Arabic guys, and he would talk trash to them, and they'd talk trash back. And he he was just a very outgoing type of person. We'd get our soda, our, our snack cakes. We'd go sit on a bench uh, down this one path and throw out fishing poles, and he would tell stories and. Um, 
So back to Giovanni's question, though, who was he to like? Who was your father? To me, he was everything. I mean, but he he was just a a a, a diehard guy, and, and I had to I had to divvy from that right because I was like, I don't want to be. I don't want to work at General Motors. I don't want to do this career thing. You know, he he grew up in the industry age. Um, as there, as every as every kid growing up, you always and of course parents can relate too. You want your kids to be better than you. You want your kids to achieve more than you. You want your kids to do bigger things than you've done. Um, it's the same growing up and watching our fathers like that. I had a very similar father to yours, um, and I, I I can just relate and say that. We look at them and say, you know what? We want to be just like our dad, but we want to go a step further. We want to be better. We want we want our dad looking at us, whether it's in heaven or or um, he's still here on earth. We want them looking at us as proud people. Like like I'm proud of my son because he took it a step further than I could ever take it. Sure. Or I'm proud of my sure. daughter because they took it a step further. So like I can I can relate to you as far as that goes. Yeah, it was sure. Deshaun, where are you on the healing process of losing your father? You know, I'm I'm kind of great question down the. Uh, you know, I'm, it's still there. You know, um, and it's weird because it's like I forget how old I am sometimes. I'm like, wow, I'm 35, and you know, I'm about to be 36. Uh, actually, if you if you go around the the office, I have to remind myself that I've been probably through a little bit more than a lot of uh, the other young younger cats coming on the scene with real estate. Um, and I I know a thing or two about a thing or three. Um, having said that. He, it, it, you know, I thought about, I think about it often. I think about him uh, probably two or three times, if not more, a week. And I'm, I'm like, man, I really wish, you know, there's times even today, I'm like, I wish I could talk to you um, mm -hmm. and get some advice. Um, well, you could probably just, you could probably get that advice, I feel like. If you really sat quietly, I feel like you could hear him say whatever you needed to, to know. Yeah, but you know, here's the here's the flip side of the coin. Ooh. He would give me advice. He'd give me advice, and and I would do the opposite. <laughs> okay, so then flip that's it and then do the opposite. That, that's just the that's just the rebel of being a child. Yeah, of, you, know, parent, uh, you know, I, I he he was everything that old tradition was. And you're uh, you're 35, still being that rebel. That guy would come in here and he would have you guys all rolling, and he would. But he came up with nicknames for everybody. He, it's literally the barber shop guy. You know, he comes mm -hmm. in. And he's at you know the party the the. Um, uh, what do you call it? You go to the local bar um, and pub or whatever. He'd Cheers. be in there. He'd be killing people with pool. Um, and, I mean, he could lay down pool even as an older man. And uh, it was um, – but, you know, pr progression. Again, I'm a, I'm a, I still have my mother in me, let's not forget. And, and I'm, I still have uh, – I think I'm more emotional, or at least I show uh, – uh, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I'm very – I don't hide my cards. I tell people – you know, straight up what I'm what I'm planning for the most part, and exactly how I feel in that in that moment. I'm not afraid to say what I what I say. Um, and Deshaun, I think I, I want to say this to you. And I don't know your father, but I'm a dad, right? Yeah. And I could see your heart. Your dad's proud of you. Amen. Thank you. You know, he's really proud of you. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and I, you can't talk to him physically, but he loves you and he's proud of you, and you need to embrace that. Yeah, absolutely. And Gio, I, how long have you been a dad? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Wow. So I actually have a question for both of you, Vinny and, and Deshaun. Yeah, lay it on me. There has been people who unfortunately have lost people during this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The coronavirus, natural, other other causes, right? Um, how, where are you, Vinny, with your healing from your father? And uh, what, what would you, what would you tell people right now? There's, I mean, there's people that have lost people that they care about. 
mm-hmm. and it's fresh. Mm-hmm. And that's this a is, great question. That's the point of this pot. We want to go there. That's a great question. So it didn't hit me until six years later. I was bartending at the Riverwalk. <laughs> I was bartending when it hit me. Uh, I was 16, so I was brand new-ish. You know, I was just kind of figuring myself out, figuring out life. And, you know, it just hit me six years later. So my advice to anybody that was, if they have lost someone now, is be strong, if you can, for your brother, for your sister. If it's your mother, you know, be strong for your father. You know, just be be there. Be the emotional support as much as you possibly can. Um Every supporter needs support, and the, the, the basis of what we're even trying to do here is this: we have four gentlemen here, we have four guys here, and I guarantee you every single one of you would call me, say call me. You need to talk, call me. Shoot me a text message. You need to talk, let's go get a beer, and let's go talk it out. Because you need to cry. Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to be able to let that go, and you need to, to accept it, but you also need to be strong for your family. Because that's just the duty of a man is to be there for his family is not necessarily you don't have to provide, you know, maybe, you know, the mother provides. Sure. But you have to provide emotional support for your family. And you need because I just learned this recently within the last two years because I had an emotional situation that was similar to almost losing somebody. And I had to be the support. And it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. It was it was hard. But you have to be the support. So Finding an uh, accountability partner is a great way, um, and it won't hit you yet. It, it's too fresh. So when it does hit you, have a good, solid connection with one, two, three, maybe four gentlemen that you look up to, that you can ask for advice. That's my, that would be my, um, my advice for someone that would just lose somebody today, tomorrow, last week, is stay strong. Know that tomorrow is another day. Know that it won't hit you yet. It'll hit you later. And when it does hit you later, have that connection with a human being, whoever it is, and seek advice whenever you can. Because bottling it up does not do anybody good, especially for your mental health. It, it leads to self-destruction when Absolutely. you bottle stuff up. Absolutely. So that you're right, Benny. That support system is very important to have. If you don't have that support system, it's going to be a tough go around when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. And, I, you know, I would just like to add, actually, you, you hit the nail on the head there, uh, Vinny. Um, for me, what's helped me is finding other individuals that are going through something and starting to, to, to talk to them about it and kind of help hold each other up. Um, my old man did say, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. So I wouldn't say that two negatives is, is going to make it better. What, I w- what I'm saying is having somebody, you're going through something, it, for me, it's just easier to be stronger um, for somebody when I know that they're going through something because then I can relate it to some of my stories and maybe I can provide them some hope um, and, and some reprieve. And I actually, lately, same thing, uh, what we were talking about, which is um, uh, I've had people, you know, call me. I've had people in my DMs. I was speaking with somebody the other day that was that's important to me, and I, I came off a little insensitive, but I, I like to tell a little joke. Every once in a while, I'm like, hey, why aren't you at work? You know, uh, you don't work, you know, something like that. Um, and then I didn't think that she's she's going through something right now with Everybody being stuck. Everybody is going through, through something. something. Right. And I, I, I thought I was being funny. Um, and sure. she, she kind of snapped back. And then 
um, you know, I, I, I apologize. But then I lent a hand. I'm like, look, you know, give me a call. Um, let's let's talk to one another and let's let's you know let's figure this out. Let's talk about you know what you're doing to to help out and and whatnot. Um, and that that's basically I, I reach out to be you, you can call me anytime. I have good friends of mine that do. Again, a lot of them I consider family. Um, I had another girl which. Uh, recently just told me that her mom had cancer and that she's lost 10 pounds she hasn't been able to come out of the house and she's s severely depressed and I was like give me a call let's jump on a FaceTime let's talk yeah. um, and and let's share stories and it's you know because we we have them right and going back to what I said in the beginning which is there's people now that you said Giovanni that are experiencing this type of stuff maybe for the first time they're experiencing loss of a loved one maybe now for the first time um, and you know that's why we want to bring in this the the, the depth of this podcast, which is, um, it, it, there's going to be dark times, and and you can get past these these things. And again, by pulling each other up, helping each other, and supporting one another, is is how you do that. And and venting. And again, being a man and being strong, of course, that's that's my father was no emotion. You know, he never he wouldn't show emotion. Um, I saw my dad emotion once in my entire life. Right. Once. Right. And that was that was the old school, you know, things have been yeah. a little bit Italian different. man, proud, you know. Ugh. But now I think it's more important to be genuine and let people know that no, it's not there's a whole lot more going on mm -hmm. than people understand. It's like it's like Vinny said, we're all human. We're going through something. something. Somebody's going through something. Everybody's going through something. Everybody. Nobody's life is perfect. So Deshaun I like that song. Gio, were you about to say something? Yeah, you know what? I wanted to draw a correlation here. And, Vinny, you hit the nail on the head, and then it brought up something to me. You, Your father passed away at 16, and you didn't really deal with it until years after. Right. Right? Um, I think a lot of us are like that, and that's what I call unconscious stress. Right? Sure. Where there's conscious and unconscious decisions, right? Sure. And, and, and I learned this myself going through a divorce at 36 and then un unraveling all of that. Like I, when, By healing from my divorce, I had to go back to being – three, four, five years old to my earliest memories, right? And I can remember my parents getting a divorce. I came in the house, I thought I was getting a dog and I found out they were getting a divorce, right? right? Um, so what ends up happening is I have a younger brother and sister and immediately Italian family, I become the man of the house. Sure. And I'm the man of the house for a really long time. I leave college at 19 years old after my freshman year to help support my mom who, you know, um, got divorced from, from my stepfather. And... It's just unconscious decisions because you're you're in this like fight or flight. So I I have to I have to continue to move forward, and a lot of us are in in certain levels, right? There could be a severity of one to ten. We're in that right now with the COVID virus. Whenever there's any type of stress, it brings up all of our insecurities. Absolutely, all of our insecurities are brought to the forefront. Whether you're overweight, didn't save enough money, not happy with who you're with, all of that is present. And why is that? We have more time to think about this stuff. Whereas life, when it's on the go, 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 sure. you don't have the time to think about that stuff. Now we're sitting at home with endless amount of time on our hands. We start thinking about all of our insecurities. Everybody does it. I do it. Yeah. Well, like Vinny said as well, you know, when your father first passes away at 16, it's hard to process that, right? You're you not can't in, process You're, not, you're in a survival mode. So, you're still developing. So the thing of it is, is I would say to anyone right now is just being consciously aware, right? And I call something emotional dumping. And I, I learned this, you know, our emotions are in our gut. When we feel sad, we grab our gut. 
when we're hurt, they call it a gut punch, right? Like that's, that's in our gut. Our emotions are in our gut. And I brought my journal with me and I started journaling and I'll share this real quick. I started journaling about two and a half years ago. It healed me in ways that I've never healed before. Mm-hmm. It really connected me to God. It really connected me spiritually. And the best way I can explain it is I was actually, I uh, was, I was talking to a psychologist and she's like, you know, you need to journal. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? It's a bunch of BS. What are you talking about? And she goes, I go, explain to me how it works. And she goes, okay. When you first wake up in the morning, don't look at your phone, don't look at anything, your subconscious mind is awake. Get your, get your journal and write three pages. I go, about what? She goes, doesn't matter, just write. It'll flow. It'll flow, right? So the first day I woke up, did it, wrote two and, two and three quarter pages, no big deal. The second time I woke up, I wrote five pages. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. And, uh, so the first day you're like, oh, what, like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? I don't ever done this before. So what kind of stuff did you write down? Great. So one of my biggest mentors is Tony Robbins. And he always sure. says, ask a better question. Want a better answer? Ask a better question. Sure. Right? Okay. And this journal is the raw and dirtiness that's inside of you that you don't even want to tell your best friend. This is your, you're angry at God. You're angry at your mom. Your you're dirty, angry at your dad who died when that. you were 16. Yeah. Because you're blaming him for not being around, right? Sure. Like the dirtiest, angriest things got to go on that paper because it's emotionally dumping. Uh-huh. And what it's allowing is the more you get it out, the more you could add in healing, right? I have a friend of mine, his father passed away. And it was at this point in time when he, I think he was 16, 18 years old. And they were, his dad was a military guy and they just started forming a bond. Two weeks later, his dad's running on the beach and dies. He's getting married, right? So his marriage brings up the the emotions that he hasn't processed in, in years. And he goes, and you know, of course I speak to him about God. And he goes, I'm so mad at God. And I looked at him and go, it's okay to be mad at God. And he looked at me like I was crazy, right? But that's where the, that's how deep you have to go. You have to be mad. If you're whoever you're mad at, you could be mad at can't it doesn't matter. Uh, opening that up, you know when we're really, really angry or a kid throws a tantrum after they've calmed down, now they're opened up. That happens to us. Like journaling changed my life forever i have mm-hmm. books and books upon the journals and now i'm thinking about what do i do with these things because do you ever go back and read them i have so the uh i have gone back and i'm like okay what did i feel like a year ago right and to right. see the growth like, right what did i write a year ago dude that's a fantastic i have idea. i have a drawer full of journals that i just unleashed mm-hmm. everything and you know and to this day my wife and i have an agreement she journals i journal we have no secret she's my best friend but sometimes i'll just be writing stuff in here my journal's on the counter. She doesn't read it. We talk about everything, but so I just need to un- unload, right. right? So, and I would, you know, and if you're not in that type of relationship, I understand, but maybe you explain it to your spouse before. Like, I have stuff inside of me. I don't know what the hell it is. I need to get it out. Yeah. And once I open it, then I could share it with you. Right. It's, it's so, uh, you're, you're lighting up like a Christmas tree, yeah, Deshaun. Well, Tell well, me what, what's going yeah, on in your yeah, head. He wants we to could, speak, you, doesn't it, he, brother? It's, it's the funny thing is, I used to, um, well, I, I write poetry, and that's how I. Okay, I, something I did. you didn't know about Deshaun. Oh, you want, you want to know something he writes poetry. And here's the thing I want, I wish everyone could see him. I mean, he's been serious. He's lighting up. He's got like a beautiful smile on his face, and he's just like, it's, it's, he's coming too. You, you know what I wouldn't do, though? What, what I hate doing? I'll, I'll read it maybe 17, 20 times, you know, and I can't, I can't go to sleep until it's finished. Uh-huh. And I'll read it like 20 times that day, you know, and I write it to music, instrumental music. Sure. Okay. So like uh, Hans Zimmerman, uh, you know, to, uh, Craig Armstrong, those are some of my favorites. But it's like movie music because what, is, what does movies do? If, if you try to watch a video and you take the, the music out of it, 
when people are, when they're trying to get you into a suspenseful situation, it doesn't resonate. That's the lubricant, that's the glue that connects you to the scene and with what's happening, right? And brings you into the world of film. Uh, well, the same thing it, for me was is, is poetry with instrumental music. So I always used to quote like uh, what song I wrote this to and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the, th the problem I have is going back the following day, I don't want to read it again. I don't I, like. I hate looking at my old. Just so work. all y'all know, Deshaun does have a song. Oh no! <laughs> I, I used to. He recorded a song for a minute there. He recorded a rap song. He has got a song. But you know, I gotta see proof of this. I, I did. I When's did, the last time you wrote? Yeah. Uh, I did one la uh, week a week and a half ago. Actually, I was inspired to write that one because of Cheryl uh, Moreno from. Um, Two, three, well, formerly known as 239 Listings, but La Casa Tours. And uh, there was something that we were talking about, and she had written some, and it ended up connecting with me. So I sat there that night, and, and I started writing. Now, this is something that I need to get back to, and I've always wanted to kind of get back to. I don't know where I kind of lost the disconnect. Um, but but it's, I, kind, it's kind of funny. The song that you have recorded, we sing it in the office all the time. We sing his, his, his song because it's like our theme song. I'm not going to sing it now on the podcast. We don't have time for that. But I, I want to I touch on a couple things, Deshaun. So, so going back to where you were at, you were, you, you were homeless. Your dad passed away. Um, how did you – a lot of people give up at that point. How did you decide, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stay in this position. I'm not going to stay on this downer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick myself up and become – better at what point did you say this is it I, I'm, I'm not going to follow my friends saying i can't do real estate because it was so hard for them to to pass the test where did you pick yourself from up from there and how did you ex start experiencing success through real estate and what you did so think about this rick what's the worst that can happen to me if you have that question in your in your head um it's okay to be down uh, and I'll get down. I'll go into a slump for three, maybe, you know, three days, usually three days max. Um, I'll, I'll get in a slump. But by the day, by day four, I realized what I thought was going to kill me didn't. And um, and and then it's just a grind and go and and move forward, right? I slept in my car for so long. Had all my box stuff in my car in the uh, back seat of my car. And I I was I was forced with this choice: either I was going to move back to the to the couch. Uh, in Naples, Florida, or I was going to try to stand my ground where I was at in Fort Lauderdale at the time, um, and I had to make this decision in in a garage, basically. And I literally thought the world was over with. I thought, you know, there's, I'm I'm done. And then I woke up the next day, and I had a I had a job, and I pushed myself through it. And I always. I always do that, right? I get in a, I'll do, I'll, I'll be down. It's okay to be down, like Gio said, but then it's, it's getting back up and not staying down. After that point, when you get to this lows, the lowest of the low, you can't go any lower. You, you can't go gotta go up. You, you, it, yeah. And at that point, it's like, well, let's kick up some dust. Yeah. You know, let's do something crazy today. You know, let's start a podcast. Let's, let's go skydiving. Let's go. Let, you know what? No, what, what can I much. do? What can I do? do it. What can I do to really Let's write some poetry? Yeah, write some poetry. But and that led you to the DOC app. Eventually, down the road, it did. And 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 to to, to kind of fast forward to that, when I to, I turned on those promotions to come back here to get into real estate, I got lucky that again a, a good friend of mine um, got me with um, a couple investors, and then next thing you know, I, I've got my first real estate deal. And not only that. Um, I wanted out of that business so bad that I drove back and forth from Fort Lauderdale, 
uh, working shifts and um, and sleeping on a couch to um, to get my schooling done at Larson. Deshaun, um, who was your role model at that time when you were making all those sacrifices? Um, at the particular time, I I know I don't know. Well, you know what? Uh, I listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss. Uh, that could have been something at the time because I was Good. at one point I was lift, um, I lived in North Miami. And I was driving an hour and something to work every day and then back. Uh, so like two hours a day because of the traffic. And I'm like, well, I, I love music, but music can't teach me. It can only teach me so much. But I, was, I still had this entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur kind of hunger. And I'm like, what podcast could I, could I get entertained? So Tim Ferriss was probably one of the first ones because I, I, I um, uh, read the four-hour work week. And I just kept replaying that. But then he had a podcast. Then he started interviewing other people, like James Altucher is another one of my favorites. Um, that guy almost killed himself twice to collect on, um, so his kids could collect on insurance. He made millions twice over and um, lost it all twice over. So uh, now he's finally, um, hopefully, done with all that. But Choose Yourself, that book, those types of uh, books and things like that kind of inspired me because I was like, well, People always say you should have a mentor, and I'm like, well, who's my mentor? And I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't really have one. I don't want to be my boss, and I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be that person. And then when you you find about uh, find out about all these other successful people, uh, Elon Musk was another one. When I, I remember when I saw my first Tesla, I was like, oh my god, I was stoked um, because I you know I read the book, uh, well I listened to the podcast. He's got a great documentary on Netflix, PT Dubs. He's 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 amazing, you know, but the guy's different, you know. He could separate emotion from logic, and I know that that's a that's a problem I struggle with to this day. But um, so I'm gonna interrupt real quick. Someone who's down on the dirt, mm -hmm. living on the couch, no money, needs mentors, knows nowhere to go. Where would you tell them to go? I would definitely get on a podcast, uh, listen, uh, listen to the podcast. Or, you know, I, if I read, I, I, fall, I tend to fall asleep like th three or four minutes later. Bro, so I can relate to that. I'm not good at that. But I, I taught you train yourself, right? It's, a, it's like anything else. It's a muscle, right? You, yes, you want to listen to um, Drake in the car, and he gives you some sort of um, a stimulant when you wake up. That's fine. I listen to podcasts when I wake up. Now, you can integrate it. But if you're learning something different from these entrepreneurs, these people that are out uh, from Silicon Valley, or if they're, they've, they've started something amazing, you could draw out a lot of good information from them. But you start to realize you start to think differently. Um, and I would highly suggest getting, getting that started um, right So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a little stats on Deshaun here. I know he's probably too humble to speak about. But so after he went through all this kind of stuff, right, he, 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 went, he got into real estate. And he started experiencing some sex, success. We, we, we call him the, uh, the million-dollar man in the office because he was one of the first people in the office to sell a million-dollar property, right? So, like, all that that he, he's built himself up from, losing his dad, um, being homeless, which is th – that's the bottom of the bottom. When you're living in your car and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, that's the bottom of the bottom because what do you have left to lose after that? Your car. And then where are you at? You're under a bridge somewhere asking for food. Um, he came from all that, got into real estate, stayed, stayed focused on it, and started selling some big properties and became successful from it. I know that's, that's something he's very humble about and he won't speak about, but I'm not Deshaun, I'm Rick Haas, and I'm going to tell about his success and what he's done and where he came from. So what would have happened if Deshaun said when he was living homeless in his car after he lost his dad, what would have happened if Deshaun said, I give up? Would he have sold... He's sold millions of dollars in real estate since then. 
what would have happened? He would not have sold a million dollars in real estate. So Ricky, that's awesome. His his hunger and his drive that he's built from it has got him to where he's at. No, you know what's awesome about that too, and what we talked about from the beginning. You know, as guys, we always tease each other and stuff like that, right? We're kind of growing up, and then you get to this level as you become older or more aware, emotionally aware, and you start looking at other men. You're like, hey, man, I love you, or you got a beautiful heart, or that type of stuff. And what you just did for Deshaun is awesome. You're building him up. And it's a really good reminder for all of us to do that for each other right now. You know, always going forward, continue to build each other up. And, and I think the next podcast, you guys can need to have some incredible women to do the same thing. Mm, great idea. You know, because that, that, and then maybe we have a, a mixed co-host, but like to build one another up. And I wanted to get into, I wanted to ask Vinny something. I want to go into your story, Ricky, because your story is incredible. Oh, no, we're, get, we're getting to yours first. I want to get in yours, Gio. <laughs> no, uh, we'll, you, you got a, You got we'll, a great story. We'll get there. We'll get there. But um, something came to me a couple years ago that really kind of uh, synced with what you said to Sean is I started only seeking advice from people I would trade places with. Mm. And that's a really powerful thing to do when you think about it. You know, I'm going to tease Vinny real quick. Vinny has a six-pack. I don't. If I want a six-pack, I'm going to talk to Vinny. He's not going to talk to me about it, right? Like, it's just, it just doesn't work like that. You know, you, Ricky, you have a music background. I'm going to ask you about music, right? Vinny can take a stick and, and create a six-pack. Yeah, right? So, Vinny, you know, but I, I know his, his workout regimen, how he eats, you know, all the things that he does. That's what he does. So, um, personally, myself, you know, I – you know, after being divorced, I sought after friends of mine who had really incredible relationships with their wives. Sure. Right. And I, and I sat down with them and I asked them, what did you do? And, and honestly, it came back to the journal. He's like, write down exactly what you want. Brother, I did that. I did that seven years ago. I wrote down to a T. I wrote down, you know, some naughty things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's know, some naughty things on I my list. Some, yep. you know, I yeah. want a little, a little uh, passion. Stuff I call that passion. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just goes with the wisdom. You just yeah. get your bad stuff out. It's yeah. all good. But no, I wanted the bad. I Talk about good, that. I wanted everything, man. So when I was, oh man. Now, I knew we were going to go there. God. I was wondering how it was going to come up. Yeah. But, uh, here it comes, yep. man. Y'all ready? Yep. What are we diving into? Let's no, dive into so, Vinny. It looks like Vinny selected. Um, Let's go, so Vinny. So as of right now, I mean, I, I am at a, such a different place than I was 10 years ago. Mm. Okay. Um, my first realization of where I was 10 years ago was self-awareness. Okay. When I was growing up. You know, I was always told, I was always loved, I was nurtured. So thank God for my parents for always instilling love into me. Um, and, you know, just knowing, I have, I've always had this mentality of I was designed and created for something fantastic. I was, we all and, have. And I honestly, I mean, I'm, I, I still, I believe it till the, till today. I mean, mm -hmm. every day I'm, I'm out there, I am doing everything in my best capability. But, as a as a young gentleman in our town you know you can always run with the wrong crowd mm -hmm. true true yep. we can all can agree to that yep. we can absolutely. All agree to that absolutely so i was in the hospitality industry and man i fell into the hospitality industry hard i was going out after every shift mm -hmm. i was going out and just getting you know, Annihilate. I got. I got to tell you, Vinny, you were part of why I went out because I. <laughs> here's I here's mean, why. Here's this thing why. just took a turn. I knew. <laughs> I knew you were bartending, so I knew I'd get a hookup on the discount. So, so I'd always show up when Vinny was bartending, so, so I can get a. Um, some, so some you know, I am. Uh, I am. E I was easily influenced by then and then, and I had a great crew of people. Man, their hearts were fantastic. And I would just fall right into place with what they were doing. And I would go out every night. Let's say I made $200 that evening. 
I would spend 175 of it, right? So then I started diving a little bit lower, if you will. You know, I started using um, substances that, you know, were not good for you. And I started staying up really late, not getting a good night's sleep, and I started slipping. And I'm an athlete. I am an athlete. I will play any sport to my best capability. I was. Um, Why was it that you were doing that? Was it because you felt like I you had couldn't a good time. keep up? It was a good time. It's that and that, that young time and hospitality. That I call it the I call it the uh, the bowling alley. You know the gutter. Yeah. Because because you at the very end of it, you at your shift, you wanna. Um, you want to vent, you know, so-and-so didn't tip and this and that. And I'm sure I went out with you a couple of those I'm times. I'm sure we did. I, I, my whole goal, because I worked two jobs, was to uh, go to, uh, I would sleep um, at La Playa. Um, then I would uh, finish at La Playa, go over to the Riverwalk. I'd sleep in my car there just before my shift. My whole goal was $100. I'm not going to take any more tables, any more left. By the end of it, I was so fed up with people from La Playa and the restaurant business and i would make a hundred bucks maybe and then i'd start turning tables away or giving them away and then we'd go over next door uh i don't know if it was pinchers, pinchers. it was yeah pinchers and i'd spend eighty dollars on patron and it's like why am i working too cheap? why are you spending money on terrible tequilas first off well. my question anyway um so but, going back into that yeah. i know i mean it, you fall into the yeah. rut right yeah. you just get into the rut yeah um and like i said in the back of my mind in the back burner i always knew that i was capable of so much so it just got to a point where I looked at my surroundings. I was self-aware. I figured out what was going on in my life, and I was like, whoa, whoa. This is not how I want to live my life. And that was the lowest of the low. I mean, I was... What event happened to get you there? Usually there's something that happened. Toilet paper as a pillow in a jail cell. <laughs> okay. Do you, want to, do you want to talk further? That's, that's good enough. <laughs> stay there. We'll stay there. <laughs> I can attest to that. We'll stay but there. But it takes a lot to get to that point. It did, and it was a it was an on onward nosedive, if you will, and just being self aware. So what I did, what well, I was actually introduced to a company, it was a multi level marketing company. So then, with multi level marketing companies, they always have the self development courses and things like that. So it took me about a year to really start even figuring that out. I was still doing my bar scene, and I was still kind of flopping back and forth. But then I started going to events where all of these people were happy. All these people were successful. Right, All these right, people right, right. said, you can do it. I'm and I'm an athlete and, you know, always having a coach in my, my corner saying, hey, you should do this and try that so you can get on base and you can, you know, do blah, blah, blah. Right. So never had that when I was in my 20s and my, you know, my wild. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. So you just you just hit the nail right on the head. And this is for everyone. You were an athlete. Right. Yeah. So you need a mentor who's a coach. Sure. Right. Some people aren't like that. Maybe they need a professor. Sure. Maybe they need a pastor. Sure. We all need to find, you agree with me? We need to find the person and it doesn't have to be, it could be a podcast. It could be whoever, but speaks to you and resonates you that way. Right. Right. Do you agree with that? 100%. Like, right. If not, the message isn't going to be as strong. Right. Absolutely. God, God no, no, yeah. absolutely. You got to have someone to tell you, listen, you're, you're messing up, man. And the way you want to hear it. Yeah. I, well, I'm a very, I'm, I want to know how to do it. So you're, you're going to have to tell me how to do it. Yep. And then I'll figure it out from there. Maybe you should try this. Okay, cool. I'll try this, and then we'll go back. So anyway, so, so, so you hit, you hit, you hit, you hit jail. You used a uh, piece of toilet paper as as your pillow. <laughs> Where did you go from there? How did you how did you say I'm gonna pick myself and become better? Brother, it took years. Yeah. So it how'd you get there? Tell years. us your journey. No, I did. I was consistent. I, I want to chime in on that too. Do you think the younger Vinny um, would have taken advice 
or or wood. Oh God, no. See, and, and no, I was wilding out, man. Yeah, I had a great time. No one could tell me anything. Exactly. I wasn't ready to hear the message. Right. Okay. That's what it was. So I was it was not destined. Ready. It was destined for you it to go down this happen, path. You know, to be but, create the Vinny that we see today. So I mean, everything that I have done to my life. If I if if thirty three year old Vinny would talk to twenty three year old Vinny, I wouldn't change a thing because it's brought me to where I'm at. Mm. I have no regrets. I'm luckily I'm alive. Let's talk about that real quick. I'm lucky I did that because I got ejected out of a Jeep going 70 miles an hour. And on the second roll, I got ejected and waking up with ambulances all around me. But um, just knowing that staying consistent and I wasn't ready to hear the message. But now everything that I've learned in the last 10 years, whether it be mindset, whether it be association, whether it be consistency, whether it be... um, relationships who you really spend your most time with that is the most vulnerable that is the most honest to god thing that saved me is no is being self-aware and trying to find the the key okay through all of this that we have gone through in the last month and a half i've found the key to my life which was pretty special it actually just happened about four days ago which is pretty cool and um, how, how old were you when you found that key just to let everybody four days know. ago four days ago how old are you I'm 33. Okay, so you you don't necessarily have to find that key when you're 21 years old. When you're 20 years old, you no, you gotta go comes. through. You gotta you gotta figure out life yourself. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, you know, back back to my father. You know, I didn't have a real mentor, idol growing up. I kind of winged it for a minute. Mm. And you know what? Luckily, my parents loved me enough. My parents uh, told me that I was capable of doing anything that I set my mind to, and I had to go through the shit to go and find that. And now everything that I have done in the last 10 years has brought me to the point where now in the mortgage industry, I have used every single principle and I have used every single resource that I have learned in the last 10 years and I have applied it to this. And now, yeah, it took 10 years. It was a great 10 years. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's going to propel me for the next 10 years. So what's the key? The key? What did you find out four days ago? I found out that I had a purpose of helping, serving, not caring about what I thought, caring about what that other person thought. I cared about helping, serving, um, appreciating, gratitude, love, appreciation. I learned, yes, or four days ago, I learned life is simple and we complicate it. We have six inches between our ears. That's what messes us up. If you put bad in, you're going to get bad out. You're going to put good in, you're listening to your podcast. You, you, you idolize an individual who has what you want. That's the stuff that you're going to see and it's going to motivate you to be what they want or what they have. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting time. But no, life is simple. So I want to dig. Just, I want to dig, Benny. Life is simple. Hold on one second. Life is simple when you think about it. You get what you give. That's it. 